Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So I just want to say to you, that's the way God speaks to us. See, prayer is not a one-way conversation. God, I need this. I've got a job interview this week. Uh, God, my car needs new tires. I don't know what's gonna do. My kid's trying to figure out what college to do. Nothing wrong with those. But prayer is not one way, it's two-way. And primarily, God speaks to us through the written word of God. That's that two-way conversation. And we see that all through the scriptures. How do you approach prayer in your spiritual life? Do you view it as an ongoing conversation between you and God, or do you only practice it when you really need something? Today, Pastor Mark will encourage listeners to follow Daniel's example when it comes to their relationship with the Lord. Daniel prayed daily and valued God's Word. He could more easily discern the Lord's will because he was devoted to his prayer life. How would you rate your devotion to prayer and God's Word today? Are they just a part of your life, or have you made them the foundation of your life? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Daniel with part one of his message, Success, Two-Way Conversation with God. Sometimes there's difficult words we have to say. Here are the three most difficult words in America that we have to say. I was, say it with me, I was wrong. Now, spiritually speaking, there's different words. Let's say it together. I have sinned. That's a very different saying. And sometimes that's very hard. You're going to see that today from Daniel. See, God is going to get our attention through Daniel. Now, what you're going to see with Daniel is amazing confession, but amazing praise for the character of God. We begin Daniel chapter 9, verse 1. In the first year of Darius, son of Xerxes, a Mede by descent, who was made ruler over the Babylonian kingdom. So there's the timing of the chapter. The Babylonian kingdom, as we know, is gone. Nebuchadnezzar's gone. The Medes and Persian comes in. Darius is the leader. Daniel is about 80 years old at this time. Now, look at verse 2. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, now this is very important, understood from the scriptures, according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah, the prophet, that the desolation, the destruction of Jerusalem, would last 70 years. So somehow, we don't know how, Daniel had a a scroll, a part of the scroll. Maybe he even remembered it uh, basically from when he was in Israel. But 
he'd been probably had a, a scroll and he'd been studying it. Now, they didn't have Bibles. There was no printing. Of course, there's no uh, smartphones, tablets, whatever. But he had been studying God's word. And what did he discover? You see, over time, God would send prophets to the nation of Israel. They would be like our pastor teachers today. And they would give the word of the Lord to the people. Many times it was warnings. So here's what Daniel discovered when he opened that book of Jeremiah. Therefore, the Lord Almighty says this, speaking to the children of Israel, nation of Israel, who had sinned, they were ungodly. He says this, because you have not listened to my words, I will summon all the peoples of the north and my servant Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. In other words, God is going to use a pagan king to punish Israel because they haven't obeyed, declares the Lord. And I will bring them against this land, Jerusalem, and against its inhabitants, the Jewish people, and against all the surrounding nations. Now look what Jeremiah says as he goes on. I will completely destroy them and make them an object of horror and scorn and an everlasting ruin. This whole country will become a desolate wasteland, talking about Jerusalem and and Israel there, and these nations will be captives and they'll serve the king of Babylon. Say it with me. How many years? 70 years. This is the prophecy. This is exactly what God was going to do. Now, when you see that, Jeremiah was simply saying to the people way back, and they didn't believe him. They said to Jeremiah, oh, shut up. We're not interested in hearing that. God isn't going to destroy Jerusalem. We're never going to be captives. Shut up. We're not interested. In fact, they jailed him as a prophet. Now, when you see this, what he says, Jeremiah is saying is, because you, as God's people, have abandoned the word. You don't listen to the word. You're supposed to be light to uh, pagan nations. You're supposed to say that there's one true God, not all these pagan gods that can't, they're stone, they can't answer. But now what happened? The children of Israel actually started worshiping idols. So Jeremiah says, God's coming, judgment's coming, and you're going to be carried away to Babylon for 70 years. Daniel was one of those who was just taken He didn't sin like that, but he was taken as a captive. That's why the book of Daniel. Look at the last part of verse 2. I, Daniel, again, understood from the scriptures according to the word of the Lord. Here's what you want to write at all of our campuses. We understand, we see the importance of reading, understanding, and applying the Bible. You see, when Daniel read this from the word of God, he knew what was going to happen. That's the same for you and I. Now, when, when finally the people came back and that Jerusalem, you'll see toward the end, is going to be restored, they, they found the Bibles again. They found the scrolls again. And notice what happened. They read from the book of the law of God, it would be our Bible today, and clearly expand, it, it, it clearly explain, this would be the quote pastor teachers in those days, the meaning of what was being read, helping the people understand each passage. See, that has been carried over to the New Testament. In the New Testament, God gifted certain people, not any better than anybody else, just different giftings of explaining and teaching the word of God. That's what pastor teachers do. You're here so I can explain to you just as you see it, helping people understand each passage and then apply it. See, when we understand the word of God, 
We understand how to live in this world. From the word, we, we get moral principles, which our government, Washington, D.C., is totally against all those things. They could care less. They, they claim many of them people, many of those people, that they're believers. They don't believe the word of God at all. They're putting immoral things into our lifestyle. But not only is it the moral thing, you and I get personal direction from our lives. Remember this, your word is a lamp to my feet. I can see what to do tomorrow and a light to my path. I kind of know how to do life. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him, Daniel writing, in prayer and petition and fasting in sackcloth and ashes. And so this is what you're going to see Daniel do when he reads what's going to happen, how long it's going to be before they're free to go back home, he starts praying. Now, when you see that, what caused Daniel to pray? Look at me. What caused Daniel to pray? What caused Daniel to pray was this. When he opened the scroll, I'll use this as a scroll, and he read that, he was prompted to pray. The word challenged him that what was coming, he needed to learn to apply. So I just want to say to you, that's the way God speaks to us. See, prayer is not a one-way conversation. God, I need this. I've got a job interview this week. Uh, God, my car needs new tires. I don't know what's going to do. My kid's trying to figure out what college to do. Nothing wrong with those. But prayer is not one way. It's two-way. And primarily, God speaks to us through the written word of God. That's that two-way conversation. And we see that all through the scriptures. So when is that a good thing for you and I? Well, you and I should start our quiet time in the morning, not with prayer, but first with the word of God. A few verses, a half a chapter, even one verse sometimes. And when you read that, God speaks to you from that verse. And it might stimulate you to pray like Daniel is, about that that you've just read. Of course, we're going to pray for other things. But starting with the word first, it just does something good to kind of jumpstart us into prayer. Here's the way you want to write it. Two-way conversations with God, that's what prayer is. First, read the word and then pray. Sometimes we go right to prayer and the word is last or we never even get to the word. No, this is what stimulates you into a prayer that's biblical. When you read something here, you can pray that biblically because it's right on. It's the will of God. Now, I know some of you are going to say, well, Pastor Mark, prayer is two-way conversation. I've been trying to hear God forever. He never spoke to me. No, that's wrong. Understand this. When we open the Bible, God opens his mouth. Did you hear me? When you open the Bible, God, this is God's mouth. This is God's mind. This is God's word to you. It's living. It's active. Martin Luther used to say this. When, I, when God speaks to me, he doesn't only speak to me. He chases after me from the word. How many, how many know he'll catch you and take care of you? That's, that's what happens. It's alive. So don't, don't say, well, I never heard God speak. Of course you did. You're hearing God speak this morning from the word of God. I'm just the messenger boy. That's it. God is speaking to us this morning. Now, notice in a second thing. I turned, listen, to the Lord in prayer. We have a God that speaks to us and he's alive. He can talk to us. He can respond to us. So, 
So why do we send missionaries? Hello. To tell them that there's a living God. Don't be proud. Be thankful this morning. Because we're blessed to be able to pray to a God that hears and understands. So it does matter. There's only one true God that can answer our prayers. By the way, when you think about that, as you walk through this thing, we don't pray to people. You don't pray to me. We don't pray to priests. We don't pray to Mary. We pray to God. The Bible says there's one intermediary between man and God, and that's the man Christ Jesus. So now, sometimes we pray to people, uh, we pray with people about a need, but we don't pray to them. They can't answer our need. Only God can answer our need. So as you understand what that looks like, it's a beautiful picture to us. Now, uh, he says, I turn to the Lord in prayer, prayer, praying often. That was the DNA of Daniel, right from the beginning of Daniel, all the way through. We're in chapter nine now. Every chapter, we're watching Daniel pray, all kinds of things. He prayed three times a day as a routine. He prayed over all these needs. Remember in the lion's den, he prayed. Uh, remember the th- his friends in the fiery furnace, he prayed. Uh, all, you see this, uh, when, the, when the dreams came, he had to pray, God, give me the interpretation. I don't know what to do here. And he, he just did it. That DNA is there. Now, sometimes that means Daniel understood that part of our bracelet that says pray often. Well, you might say, well, Pastor Mark, why do I need to pray often? Look at this. Look at this. Sometimes we all forget this. When you see pray often, it says, James 4, 2 says, you do not have because you do not ask God. You don't pray. Sometimes Linda and I will even think about that. We'll be going somewhere and we're trying to make a decision and we'll stop and go, we forgot to even pray about this. Anybody understand what I'm just saying? And we go, well, wait a minute, let's, let's pray, let's pray. And, and so that's what I'm saying to you. You know, you say, well, another reason that we, we need to pray often is God knows things we don't know. He, he's all knowing. And so you want to make sure that should be our DNA. And when you don't know what to do, basically we should turn to God first in prayer. God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. The problem is often prayer comes last. When there's a disaster in our life, whoo, right to prayer. When things are going good, we don't pray. So let me encourage you. Daniel had the right DNA. Now look how he prayed. Verse three, the end. He pleaded with him in prayer and petition, praying for others, fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. So he was fervent about his prayer. Put ashes all over to say to God, I'm humble. Here's what you want to write down. You have to pray right. Daniel didn't go to God and say, hey God, could you shorten it to 68 years? 70's too much. I've been here, living here for a long time. This is my will. No, you don't go to prayer with our will. It's God's will. So he's humble. He's fasting. He's sackcloth, ashes. He's praying with humility. God loves humility. Don't try to tell God what to do. That's foolish. Just say to God, tell me what to do. I want your will. Now look at verse four. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed Oh, Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with all who love him and obey his commands. There's a picture of God's character again. What is it? He's awesome. He keeps his promises. Can you imagine serving a God that kept every other one of his promises? 50% of them. You wouldn't know what to do. No, God always keeps 
all of his promises. Now, in verse 5, I wrote the verse. Just look at me. Don't look at your verse 5. Look at me. I wrote the Balmer translation. It's not anointed, but it's going to be a good illustration. Watch this. Daniel says, we made a mistake. We goofed. We slipped up. We blew it. Now look at your Bible. Is that what Daniel said? What did Daniel say? He said the three words that we struggle with. I have sinned. Daniel didn't say, we made a mistake, we goofed, we slipped up, we blew it. Daniel says, look at verse 5, we have sinned and we've done wrong. We have been wicked and we've rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and your laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets. I'll update that. We have not listened to this five foot seven terrific pastor. There was no humility there except the five seven. Okay. Who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. Daniel, Daniel knew that in 70 years, they were there for one reason. God's discipline. Because Israel had sinned. They didn't goof. They didn't make a mistake. They'd sinned over and over and over again. And God was asking them through Daniel to confess their sin for one reason, so he could restore them. Now notice something very unusual. Notice in this verse, these verses, verse five, Daniel doesn't say this, watch me. And you guys are Israel. You have sinned. I haven't sinned. It's you that have sinned. You need to repent. What does he use? We. So what does he do? He includes who? Himself. There's no self-righteousness there. When I teach, and a lot of people say that's not the right way to teach, but I've always done it. I use me, we, us. Why? Because I'm just like you. Now, interestingly enough, two guys in the Bible, there may be more. These are two I know of. Joseph and Daniel. We don't have a list of any of their sins. None of them. Even the king of Israel. David, King's son. King David? Oh, we have this. Peter, we have it. But we don't have it. Now, they were sinners, obviously, because we're all sinners. And they sinned, obviously. But God, for some reason, didn't put their specific sin or sins in the Bible. But notice, Daniel is not going there. He's simply going to say, we, we, we. He, he, he includes himself with the people. He puts himself right in there. And as you do that, you want to write this down. He's praying right. He's not pointing his finger self-righteously at somebody else. Pray right. Daniel confessed his sins and the sins of the Jewish people. Not just his, but the sins of the Jewish people. Now, confess. What in the world does that mean? Well, it simply means to agree with God. God, you're right. I'm wrong. I have sinned. There's those three words. Confess means to say the same thing. So when God says, don't lie, and you just lied, confess means, God, I lied. I'm saying the same thing the scripture says. Don't lie. And by that, I'm saying, God, you're right. I was wrong. I lied. I have sinned. Now, confession isn't the only thing that's needed. Repentance is needed. See, many people confess because they get caught. Or they feel bad. 
But that's not really the whole story. Repentance is also required. Repentance is a change of mind that ends up in a change of action. I'm living this way, and I confess my sin, and I, and I don't go right back and do it again. I change to a different lifestyle, and that is repentance. The, the confession leads to repentance, and repentance leads to a changed lifestyle because I realize it isn't right. Now, many times Christians don't think we sin very often, but we actually sin way more, way more than we think. Let's talk about sin. Simply, sin of commission. That simply means do not lie. And when I lie, I know I lie. I'm doing what I know is wrong. That's common to all of us. That's not hidden. We know that. Now, here's the one we struggle with. Sin of omission. Not doing what we know is right. Forgive those that hurt you. What? It's hard for us. And then, of course, there's sins that... We don't even like to think about things of thought. Nobody knows I did it. Things of action. People know I do it. So as a Christian, we need to confess often, often, because we do sin. Now, you and I will never be sinless as Christians. But as we mature, let's see if you remember it at our campuses. If we mature, we learn to sin less. Exactly. We're maturing. We're growing in our love for God. Now, The reason we struggle with confession is we want to defend our actions. We want to rationalize our responses. We want to simply make excuses for our sins. Now, Adam and Eve had one commandment. Don't eat from that tree. What happened? They went right to that tree and ate. And when it was over, did they take responsibility for their sin? No. What did did Adam say? It's the woman. He said to God, God, it's your fault. Look at that woman you gave me. Some of you are saying that today. You're going to have to confess. So Adam blamed God. God, it's the woman you gave me. And how did Eve respond to that? It's that stupid snake down there. He's the one that's guilty. So Adam blames God. Eve blames the snake. And the snake had no feet to stand on. There wasn't a leg anywhere. It was over. But see, that's kind of the way we are. Oh, God, I sin, but it's not really me. It's over there. And that happens over and over again in our life. And God says, no. Daniel's saying to the people, no, it's not somebody. It's not God's fault. It's your fault. It's my fault. We, we. So I have to learn to take responsibility for my sin. Turn to your neighbor and say, I need to take responsibility for my sin. Do it right now. Come on. Come on. Exactly. Is that hard to do? Yes. Yes, it is hard to do. Now, notice how, notice how specific Daniel's confession is. We rebelled. We refused to listen to your prophets. We refused to obey your word. Very specific. Spiritually speaking, the three most difficult words to say are, I have sinned. Today, we learn from Pastor Mark how necessary these words are in our own life. We open the door to relationship and communication with God when we humble ourselves. Just as Daniel valued humility and confession in his prayer life, we too must practice repentance towards God. 
What do you need to ask forgiveness of in your life today? Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. What are some steps to take for a successful prayer life? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will use Daniel's prayer habits as an example for us today. We must pray right, pray first, and pray often. God is a merciful God who loves to forgive and restore us, but that process only starts when we approach the throne with humility. We can trust that the Lord will hear our prayers and be invested in our lives. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of Daniel. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurry